My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey everyone, Britt here. We're back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels with another exciting interview ahead of us. Dana Palmer, a lawyer, comedian, entrepreneur. Dana is also the CEO and founder of Palmer Law Group, his firm doubling in revenue annually to a multi-million dollar firm. In addition to owning his own firm, Dana has started the Worthy Vision Company to consult with family law, estate planning, and probate firms on common business pains. He coaches attorneys on principles of a, on his principles of a healthier way. His goal is to help people get through the difficult process of divorce in the most healthy manner possible. Dana also, Dana also strives to be the best divorce and child custody lawyer in Texas and tries to help as many people live happier and healthier as possible. Also, Dana is the host of the Lawyer Dana podcast. Welcome to the show, Dana. How is it going? Great, Britt. It's going awesome. I Good. I really couldn't be doing any better. Good. Although that makes me so you. happy. Well, well, like I said, mentioned earlier, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Um, we're going to have a here. great conversation. You know, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, what you're doing today and, you know, we'll go over the wins, what's working, the, some of the challenges. Uh, but before we hop into that, you know, you ha- you're doing fantastic. And I really want to share that with the people listening and have them get to know you a little bit better. Do you mind just telling us a bit of your story before we really jump into the interview? Sure. So I'll, t- I'll take you all the way back. My first employee yeah. I ever had in fifth grade. There were kids at school selling candy and I, me as an entrepreneur, I was like, I got to get on this, in this business. I've, so I started walking to 7-Eleven and buying candy and coming back and reselling it in school. And after a little while, I realized, huh, I need to hire somebody to go and, and walk and pick, buy the candy for me. And I did. So my first employee was a girl. I wish I remember her name. Um, it was in fifth grade. But un- unfortunately, regulation shut me down because... I, it was going great and I was making money. And then a little boy whose name I do remember is Jimmy. Jimmy got in trouble with his parents because he owed me money. The problem I started to have was issuing credit. Don't issue credit. (laughs) So this is the the best. I think they, they figured that candy would then lead to drugs. Uh, Right. Um, And so then I went through um, and uh, it's an interesting thing about entrepreneurs is that uh, I've, you know, I, I wound up going through college and law school and doing a lot of different sales jobs. And um, I wanted to go into entertainment and be like a big producer and produce movies and, and music. And I was a musician at the time. And I went through law school thinking, oh, that'll be the completion of my business training. And law school does not teach you anything about how to run a profitable business. And in fact, if anything, it scares the heck out of you of, uh, everything that can go wrong and everything you get sued for. So I learned how to, how to start a business, how to protect and organize and, and 
legally do all the things about a business. But what I didn't learn was how do you actually run a profitable business? How do you hire and, and manage people? How do you deliver high quality, efficient services in the marketplace and at the level of profit? And so I got out of law school and was just beat down. To, like I, I basically was exhausted and uh, right. I had, I was, I was waiting tables at the time. They tell you, you're not supposed to work more than 10 hours a week in law school and you're not supposed to work at all your first semester. I worked 35 hours or more every single week of law school. And if I like, and I waited tables. So if I had uh, like spring break, I worked lunch shifts too. So I just added right. everything. And uh, I was I was like the brokest guy in law school at SMU. Um, and, and the second year, my second year, uh, Dr. Phil's son was behind me and he, uh, he had like two like Ferraris, I think. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I was just waiting for him to walk into the restaurant that I worked at. And I had actually several classmates would come in and I waited on them. And it was an interesting phenomenon that, um, you know, chances are now I'm. I probably make more money than some of them that I had to wait on, but that's not, you know, the point of it is, is that you, you do whatever you have to do. And I was never too proud or, or uh, not humble enough to, to, you know, have a servant uh, type of mindset. Not that you're quote unquote a servant, but I was literally, my title was a server and I was serving right. people. And if you take that mentality into every business that you ever have, that is one of the absolute keys. You have to be, you have to either provide a product or a service. And I've right. been providing services basically my whole life. Um, and, you know, when you're younger, you, you trade your time for money. You trade your work for money. When, when you're born, you have no money. And, and when money comes to you, it's probably somebody gave it to you at first for a birthday right. present or, or, you know, some kind of a way. Christmas, any, anyway, and then you start um, coming into mutual exchanges for the money. And so when you're younger, you exchange time for money. And I still do exchange time for money. Uh, my, my hourly rate is $700 an hour uh, for legal work. Um, and, but I also have a lot of things to where I have purchased things that produce money for me. Um, or have created my business, which produces money for me. I make money from the business, whether I work in it or not. And my business is completely redundant that it completely functions without me. If I wanted to take a year off, this business would function fine. Um, there's a couple of places where I would have to come in and put a little bit more redundancy. Like for example, I like to do as many of the initial consultations as possible. Um, right. Because I feel like that's really where I help our clients the most. And, and because, especially in the area of divorce, um, people are hurting and they're confused and I give them a tremendous amount of clarity inside of that initial consultation. And I also view myself as the guard at the gate because, uh, and, and my general rule is thou shalt not pass because if you pass me, you have to get a divorce and I wouldn't wish a divorce on anyone. I actually save a lot of marriages. I stop wow. divorces or more importantly, what I really do is I end unhealthy marriages, but there's two different ways that an unhealthy marriage can be ended. The first way is by getting as healthy of a divorce as you can. So that's why I also I own healthydivorce.com, which forwards to yeah. our brand of softdivorce.com. And our slogan is divorce doesn't have to be so hard. And um, and that whole brand is, is one of the reasons why I started my own podcast. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, the other way that you can end an unhealthy marriage is to make it a healthy one. And so right. I own healthymarriage.com, which is a project that we're working on. And really that that's my ultimate work is to 
help families have healthier marriages. And what what healthy divorce, uh, excuse me, what healthy marriage.com um, is designed to do is to make a bad marriage good again, make a good marriage great and keep a great marriage great. And by the way, I had that I had that slogan. I've wanted to do this since about 2013. So it was well before I heard any make America great. This is nothing to do with politics, regardless of how I feel about that. But I'm keeping the slogan. because It is a uh, great slogan, pun intended. So, uh, so in all of our businesses, what I as the CEO of the businesses do is look to how can we be efficient? How can we deliver higher and greater value to our clients? As my hourly rate has gone, the very first case I ever took as a lawyer, uh, I think my hourly rate was $100 an hour. And as I have grown and you know gone from 200 to three to four to five to seven, um, the efficiency that I deliver is I'm probably delivering a better value at $700 an hour that I did at two and three and 400. Right. Uh, right. Because I'm very, very efficient. And for example, we, and we, a lot of what I do for the law firm is three and six minutes long and I bill in three minute increments. So if I, if I do something that takes me two minutes, then I'm billing for three minutes at $700 an hour. There are other law firms that bill in 10 minute increments for those two minutes. So if they're at, at half my price, they've only spent two minutes. And so they're multiplying what their real time is by five. And so if they're at right. half my price, multiply that half by five, they're actually two and a half times more expensive than I am. And for me, they call it, they call it the Dana magic. They get when, when everybody at the firm and even the clients tend to know when they need the Dana magic. And when you need the Dana magic, you get the Dana magic. But anything that I can do that I can assign to a lesser expensive member of my staff, they get the assignment. Just like in the, I, you know what? It doesn't have to be me walking to 7-Eleven to buy this candy. I can hire someone and then I get to just do the sales. I never hired a salesperson right. to do the selling of the candy there um, because I always like to do the selling. I've, I've got extensive sales training. I teach on the seven steps of selling and for the benefit of the audience, I'll tell you the seven steps of selling. Britt, do you know the seven steps of selling or I mean, obviously there's not necessarily the seven. These are, I know, I know steps of selling, but I, there's so many different methods. Which ones are you referring to? So in, 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 in Dana Palmer's seven steps of selling, there are rapport. Step one is rapport. Yeah. Step rapport, two, build rapport. Yes. Which rapport continues the entire time. And yeah. then step two is justification. Uh, so I'll tell so the way that uh, I build rapport and rapport is, is something that's done quickly, but I'm always cognizant and make always, and I do it naturally now and have a good rapport, but um, I will start out a, com a consultation, initial consultation with saying, hi, uh, Brett, this is Dana Palmer. We had a call scheduled for this time. Is this still a good time? Um, or I'll say, how are you? That's, that's again, yeah. it's, it's rapport. And, and they say, yes, it is. And if they're at good and cheery, then I know, okay, we're going to go in good and cheery type of, and, and I'll use a technique called uh, re reflection. I'll generally, generally try and reflect their energy, but I'm always con conscious that the point of this is, is for them to talk through their story. They have to hear themselves tell their own story where a sale right. happens where their story meets your story. And there's a common solution that's there that you mm -hmm. can deliver to them at a value that they value more than the money that they've got. Essentially, what I do is I sell the solution to people's problems in exchange for money. They get the solution right. to their problem and they exchange money. 
and they would rather have the solution to their problem than the money that, uh, that, that they've got. And I would rather have the money in exchange for the solutions to the problem. It's a mutually beneficial exchange. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And all free market type of commerce, it involves a win-win. Um, right. Uh, salespeople that are selling a, a solution to someone that they don't need, that's an evil. And that's where salespeople get that sleazy reputation. They're going to sell their product no matter what, whether it's right for the client or not. One of the biggest thing that I am doing and, and what my brand of soft divorce, because divorce doesn't have to be so hard. Uh, yeah. The reason that, brand, that I have that brand is I don't represent jerks or a-holes. <laughs> and we'll say that word out. I don't know whether your po- podcast is PG or not, but We're I'm going to go. Okay. So, but but I don't want to represent a, a, a jerk, whether it's male right. or female. Uh, um, we, we don't discriminate on our clients, except that we don't represent people who want revenge and who are jerks and people who want revenge do not want a soft divorce. So I've screened them out. And during the initial consultation, I'm screening out the type of clients that I don't want. And therefore, by default, the type of clients that I do want are everybody who's left over through that screening. It's more important to us to not take a client that that is not right for us, because if there's somebody that wants revenge, um, they won't like us and we won't like them. They'll fire us or we'll fire them. And that happens. It just won't work out. Right. But we have a, a far lower percentage of that than what a lot of law firms do. The law firms that promote themselves of how great a fighters that they are and they're going to win in court and all that. And that's their marketing. And, and, uh, they, I, I just fundamentally disagree with that because in family law, it is about getting your clients through the process in the healthiest way possible. And when we can get cooperation from the other side, it, we almost always get better results for our clients. And even the other side, I've gotten online reviews from opposing parties about how great we are. Uh, and, um, and, you know, if we have to go to court, people, sometimes people mistake the soft divorce brand that we're weak. Well, I also own harddivorce.com too. Harddivorce.com is, has your spouse threatened to take your kids away from you, ruin you financially and make your life a living nightmare? Well, we call that a hard divorce. If that's not what you want, we're here to protect you from that. I love going to court. Court is lawyer Disney World. I actually like going to court better than I like going to Disney world. And I'm usually, I'm usually magnificently prepared for court. And even if I'm not, I can go into court and, and absolutely do fantastic, but it's a nightmare for the clients. And it's not a good thing. Like, how do you come out, especially if you have kids, how do you go in and say all the worst things about each other? And then you come out and go, Hey, uh, let's go be great parents today you know, and, and work forward. No, all you're doing is further fueling the hatred and animosity and problems that you're having. And there's communication problems and different perspectives that are there. And sometimes there are honest disputes that we have to take to a judge. And if so, I hope we've narrowed down everything else that we possibly can so that when we go in, a lot of times we only have 20 minutes each per side. That is tell our side of the story and defend against their side of the story. And in 20 minutes, if you're arguing about, you know, little nonsense stuff, um, it's, it can just be a problem. And I've heard judges say, if both parties walk out of court and they both look unhappy, then I must've done a good job. That's, that's where I probably got somewhere, somewhere right. And I, I, it's kind of like this. If you're arguing over the kitchen table and the kitchen chairs, going to court is like cutting the table in half and cutting the chairs in half and each taking half of a chair and half of the table. Whereas right. if you agree, Hey, 
We can do things like you take the table, you take the chairs. Is that good enough? All right, no, great. Well, let's sell the tables and chairs and split the money 50-50. And let's do it real quick because otherwise that $1,000 table and chairs, you're going to spend $10,000 to each of your lawyers for a total of $20,000 to fight over a $1,000 table and chairs. Let's right? not be foolish about this. Um, and I would rather- let's think guys, this through. Exactly. Like you're going to give me your kid's college fund or we're going to come to a reasonable agreement. You know, and yeah. and I'd rather y'all keep the. I'd even I'd either I would even rather give money to the other side rather than give it to us. Right. But it also depends. I don't want. I want there to be a balance. If there's abundance on one side and lack on the other, I don't like that in particular. And I have recommended to clients, and I have I have um, one client's written permission to talk about his case. Um, but where he was Mr. Mom, he did all the cooking, all the cleaning. He packed a lunch for the kids every day, he cooked breakfast every day, cooked dinner every day. And he right. was prim primary earner and did help the kids with homework while his wife was out cheating on him. Right. And um, it was clear that he could get primary custody. Instead, he winds and, and that she would have to pay him child support. But he was making 300,000. She was making 75. He paid her child support anyway. And they got a good, agreeable uh, custody agreement. And I touched base with him every year for like 15 years now. And wow. he has every year, it was always the right thing to do. And I act, I actually was at a, an, an event because um, he's a friend of mine and his kids were there, started talking about this, had no idea I was his lawyer. And I'm just sitting there quiet listening. And they're talking about how good of a dad he was. How about, how about, how about when, when mom used to bad mouth him, they always knew. And he's always a great dad. They were like giving him like, five-star reviews you know <laughs> like right, right there right. like you always did everything and it was never fair how she treated you and we just ignored it we knew you never have to worry about that you're a great dad and we really appreciate it and every year this was the plan that we put in place and rather than you know having her really broke and he, he gave her a money enough to get a down payment on a house to where his kids have a good house when they're with her and with him and and he bought something for his money and in this circumstance, if I make sure that we're buying something for the money, I don't necessarily mind paying it to the other side, especially instead of paying it to us. I mean, we have to get paid right. for what we do, but I'm for the moment that I take a case, I am looking to solve the case in the healthiest way possible as quickly as we can, as low, low expense as we can for our clients. I never do that stuff that you, lawyers say, oh no, we have to do this. Why? Oh, because I haven't built enough hours on the case and I haven't made enough money and I don't know where my next right. client's coming from and I, I'm having a hard time paying my bills. Like, in, six, in the 16 plus years that we've had the Palmer Law Group open, I've never had a single day where we've ever had, I call it being caught up to where we not, don't know where we're what money we're going to make tomorrow. No, there's constantly people that are in line for us, happy to pay us to, to help and solve their problem. For me, it's how do I get more efficient so I can have time to do things like the podcast or how efficient can I be? Cause I, I shoot skeet competitively now. And two of the guests that have been on my podcast, one is an Olympic gold medalist. And another one is a 26 time world champion, American skeet shooter. His episode. Let's talk about those two. How did you attract Wanted? those two? Well, I took their course <laughs> and I, and I um, love it. And uh, Lanny Basham. In fact, I have probably, yeah, like right here, this is his book. It's on my desk, right. With winning in mind. Uh, yeah. by Lanny, Lanny Basham. And I, I highly recommend his book. Um, but his story in 1972, he got a silver medal at the, at the Olympics in 1976, he won the gold. And in between that time in 1974, he, he took an airplane ride with a guy 
who it changed his life. And he, he was like, oh my, I don't want to sit next to this guy. And it turned out right. it was life changing. He wrote a book called Freedom Flight. Um, and Brittany, like, send, send me your, your, your uh, office and I'll, I'll send you a copy of both of these books so you can read them. And they're great. I love um, that. I will. Freedom Flight, I was up till five o'clock in the morning. I was actually going to Disney World uh, that day. And my flight was at 11. I had to leave at like eight. And I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm up till five in the morning. I'm packing and I'm like looking at this right. book going, yeah, this might be a good book to read. I'm thinking I'm maybe going to get like a two hour nap. And I read, I like open it up, read the front cover and like look and read the back. And I like read the first couple of pages. Two hours later, I'd finished the book. Not getting any I just go straight <laughs> to the airport. Right. And um, great book. But and with winning in mind talks about winning mindsets. And I've incorporated that into how, everything about my firm. And that's one of the things that has also helped. It's the mindset of my clients of, of how to have a, po a positive mindset in going through the divorce process. And we've incorporated that into as many type of aspects of our firm as possible. And I give his right. book away lots of clients, uh, both freedom flight and with winning in mind, because a lot of what, a lot of the struggle and pain in a divorce is the mindset about it. And that's one of the reasons why I like to do the initial consultations is because I essentially let them know, hey, once you've made the decision and we're moving forward, then you're free from that. You, you, the, we're, we're, you, the fighting is over. We're, we're here to end the fighting, not increase it. Sometimes we have to increase right. it in order to end it, but that's never our first choice. Essentially, what right, I right. usually do in, in the first reach out, I go, we're declaring peace and we're negotiating the terms of the peace. That's all we're doing. A, a divorce is a great big negotiation. That's it. Um, and uh, so, but I guess to, 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 to talk more about the, 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 you know, the, the, our gold medalists and, and, and they, they are essentially what I did was, and, and I also, as of yet in my life, I'm also the, like, I think the only lawyer or maybe one of two other lawyers. And I don't know who the other one is who doesn't play golf, but I know how I will. Oh yeah. So, so what I did with skeet was I looked for who is the single best instructors in the world. That's who I'm going to okay. take lessons from. And okay. that was Ronnie Basham and Todd Bender. And uh, there, there, there are none better. And so I took their course and I've taken it twice. Um, and I only started in June. And I just got back uh, a, a couple of weeks ago where I competed for the world championship in San Antonio. And next year, I will actually be a contender because this year I had certain benchmarks. I knew I wasn't going to win because I was just so early. But I was like, I just need to be improving. I improved every single time. And that I is incredible. Well, my goals were by 10%. And so I was, and, and my goals were like, I don't like, the, and, and, and they were kind of worried that, Hey, if you do this, you might be messing with your self-image and we don't want to set you off of having a negative self-image. No, I had a great self-image because that's what Lanny taught is self-image. And I'm like, I don't, you guys, right. I, I am a little bit different than other people. I assimilate this self-image stuff really fast. And so I, I, I basically did everything that they've told me. So the equivalent in golf would be First off, his Lanny's son Troy uh, and Lanny, they they do their mindset stuff is about golf. So I've already got the mindset, and they they okay, do you golf. Got the mindset down. And they do they do um, uh, agility, animal training stuff, and they do uh, shooting, all shooting skills, okay. and they do Olympic events all over the world. They have Olympians from all different nations all over the world that learn this mindset stuff because it's the difference between the people. Like ninety percent of the winning is done by five percent of the participants. And the right. difference is mindset. And that's what they teach. It all starts here. Mm -hmm. and exactly. And if you ask almost every, uh, every uh, uh, athlete 
how much of your game is, is mental? And they'll go 90%. That's the most common answer. 90% of this is mental. You go, okay, how much, how much do you train your mental game? How much mental mindset training do you do? And they go like, none. I didn't even know you could. And that's the common answer that they get. So, but so in, in me shooting skeet, and I, I went to, I really went to the course to really see what Lenny's core programs are. And I liked shooting and Hey, you know, I want to kind of go out and do it casually. And I took the course and I was like, and you know, the Dana magic kicked in. I was like, no, I have to do this. I have to win. This is something I can compete in where I'm not hurting somebody else's feelings, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's a genuine good competition. Maybe if I win, maybe the guy who gets second is a little upset about it, you know, because like Lanny said, when he won his silver medal, he goes, silver is the closest you can get to the, to, to winning without actually winning. He goes, I felt like right. I was the best loser, <laughs> you know, but he wanted there to learn. There we go that. though, right? It's all mindset. So you, when you, when you started your podcast, what was like, what was your intention with starting it? So my podcast um, is. And help- when did you start it? So I started it um, about six months ago, and we really haven't promoted it at all. Um, okay. I, we still have less than 100 subscribers, and, it, and the 100 subscribers are me kind of like, I'm still shy to really go out and, and, and promote it and, and, and do those things. Although we're basically, we're starting a brand new phase now where we are doing okay. that. And we've got some different production increases. We're changing our production company. Um, okay. And we are bringing in some more like full-time people. We're really, we're expanding it. Cause I want to do more, uh, more higher level of like, I, I kind of want to get to into doing like skits and we're, we've got a TikTok okay. strategy that we're implementing and I've been kind of writing TikToks and making notes of TikToks that I want to do. Okay. I've got some really, really funny lawyer type of like stuff. Like the reels and stuff. Yes. For TikTok. And, and, and Interesting. I, yeah, exactly. And so we're, we're, we're going to be doing that to expand and actually, cause I, 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 there was a few things. One, I didn't want to promote it on something that like, I promote it and then it, and then it, and then it fizzles out and I don't really stick with it or I don't like it or it's not going right. to work. And instead, like it's I've now I really know exactly how we want, want to do. I enjoy doing it. I know I have like we have the momentum going and I really yeah. didn't want to promote something that was going to that we weren't going to get that. And now we right. are. And so it's kind of I kind of look at our podcast or what I'm trying to do is a combination between Joe Rogan and Steven Crowder. You know, it's Steven. There we go. Has, Interesting. Has gets and things like that. Um, and I, you know, so I, I, I definitely, cause I've got the, the comedic type of, you know, when I, again, in fifth grade, I actually used to consider myself a comedian cause my real focus was coming to school and making Wade DeArmond laugh the next day. Uh, there like, we go. I out all this different material, and I sit up at night thinking of things and go, "Oh, I got to remember that because that'll make Wade laugh." That's what like, I'm going to say tomorrow. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. with the podcast, how has it affected your business? Like, has it brought in more clients? Has it, you know, more people reached out to you, or you know, um, it's, how has it affected it's, it? It's very good for the business, and especially as we now have podcasts on certain topics. I find in the business that I go, oh, client, hey, uh, have you seen my podcast episode on that? And then I go, all right, I got, we're going to, here's my, here's my podcast, subscribe and listen to this episode. And I get an assistant to send that episode. So now we're kind of getting those episodes organized as tools for, for the clients. And we do have people, um, the interesting thing, our, one of our, uh, so a lot of our podcasts, we have 
you know, like we're around, we're still low. We have like a hundred or, you know, around, That's in that. okay. you just started. Yeah. You right. Just started. And I know that especially on YouTube now you need a, a, about a year of consistency to do that, especially if you're not promoting it, but, and we've got some strategies that we're going to do to promote it. But Todd's episode has like a, a couple of thousand or, you know, going wow. on 2000 or more. And so the interesting thing was when I was at the world championships and, and, the, and the thing before people were like, Oh, Hey, I saw your podcast. I was like, what you know and and well, that was a very strange experience for me so people it, are listening and you know it's just the you it's you know turning the right people for the podcast exactly. you know getting the right listenership getting attracting the right market you know that's interesting um you know and like i said you just started so that's like this is just the beginning um we're, we're very happy with it and again it's the whole mindset and we set out yeah. at the beginning to that no matter what I either win or learn. And that's right. one of Lenny's. And every single podcast that we do, I learn something and we improve oh, yeah. it for the next time. And I'm looking so at do this, I. I'm looking every at my shooting. podcast. It's, it's ironic that I, I call it shoot. Like my two things are I shoot a podcast and I shoot ski. So in everything <laughs> I'm shooting, it's, it's a very similar mindset. And as I'm, and actually I'm also, I'm studying Spanish on Duolingo. And some of those are things that are in Duolingo, I actually got Lanny Basham, the Olympic gold. He's in his seventies now. And he, he, he was talking about, man, if I spoke Spanish, the people that have asked us for me to teach in, in Spanish. And I'm like, well, why don't you do Duolingo? And he's like, oh, I'm like, no, 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 Lanny, do Duolingo. And I got an extra member on my family plan. I shared it with him. He's on my family plan now. Uh, and he, so he I can do it. For that. And I, and I'm watching his progress. It's like, I, I've recently seen like Lanny has, has uh has learned a hundred words and I'm like just keep going. There you and, go. In two he's, years, he's, if he, he's, he's in a good up, mindset he's be... and he's ready to go, right? Like exactly. And so as tell me and, a little, go ahead, yeah. Well, as I'm further along in Duolingo, I I see like oh yeah, like I'm really and and I went to Mexico in September after doing that, and I was able to understand everything that people were saying, and I was sl a little bit slower, but I can converse with them. And right. sometimes and like they would say something and I'm, and I'm thinking about it. Exactly. Right. And, I, right. and I'm thinking about it, but, I, and, they, and then they would just speak English, but I would have caught it. And I did catch it after, you know, especially when they said it. So I was like, all right, Duolingo is telling me, I don't have to be perfect. I can make mistakes as long as I keep going and I just move on. And that's the just same thing. Just stay consistent tells. and it'll come. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. That's funny the that same you thing said with that. the podcast and the same thing with yeah. the shooting. So you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Well, I've got massive, massive success in everything that I have momentum in and everything that I'm, I like doing that I want to do. And if, I, if it's not that strong of a motivation to me, like, for example, I don't, I haven't really played music in, in, since I've been out of law school in like 20 years, but I still can. And I want to right. get back into it, sort of. But I haven't, I have to, I have to incorporate everything into my habits and routine. And what right. I've done, like, for example, in my habits and routine, I'll, I've gotten my staff to schedule calls and I'm like on the phone when I'm like taking my gun out of the case and walking onto the field. And I like yeah. end that call, walk out and do the first shots. I shoot for about 45 minutes. As soon as I step off the field, I initiate another call. So I've figured out how to incorporate to where even during the drive to the, to the field and all that, I still it's am day functional. To day. And it's, and I, and I execute at this very, very high level constantly. Um, so that's amazing. The podcast, now, the podcast is, is, is a very important key because what the podcast is, is it brings in what it has done is had it's, it's increased my credibility among the community. 
Uh, yeah. The local judges around here all have seen it and like it. They're coming on the show. It's got, the more we do it, the more momentum it gets and the more fun it is. And it's always been fun. It, right. the, the world stops. It has a hundred percent of my attention. It's, it's a great thing to do. And it's, it's something that even though I put energy into it, I receive energy out of it more than I put into it. It's something right. that's additive to my energy. I could keep going. It's adding keep value. Going. going. Yeah. And it's adding value to you and everyone listening. Now, what would you say the biggest challenge has been with the podcast? Because we know, you know, there's tons of wins, but what are some of the challenges that you have faced? um, Getting guests scheduled uh, is a little bit of a challenge, um, but Brenda is our, is, is really, we essentially have uh, in the worthy vision company, we've got about four people that work on the podcast. We've got uh, one, one, really two two people that design like our thumbnails and our, and our, and our ads and are now doing edits into the shorts. And okay. then we have a, another who is um, uh, in, in involved in some of the things. And then we've got Brenda who really is doing all of the talent booking and scheduling. Cause I can't Perfect. do one minute. You can't of that. do everything. Yeah. And, and for me to walk in with the podcast being set up, like everything has to be set up, ready to go. Like I basically walk in, have, sit down, get done, walk out. And I'm usually like, sorry, guys, I wish I could stay longer. I got to go to this next thing. And I'm out almost every single time. There's been like a couple to where it's like, Hey, let's go to dinner. You know, my treat, let's go. Um, uh, But most of the time it's, Oh, I got to make this call, make this call. And, you know, I tend to, you know, part of me thinks I never work. And, but then part of me also knows I actually put in like 19 hour days, like at least six days a week. And I kind of like sleep in on Saturday mornings. Um, and, um, but none, none of it really feels like work to me. I, I enjoy you're passionate about it. Right. The only thing that ever really feels like work is when my wife is waiting on me and I can't get off this phone. Right. And on that, when I want to be off the call in order to spend time with her, because I was supposed to, and something's going long, that's about the only time in my day that creates kind of any, any, any kind of issues. Um, and the challenges like production wise, um, and, and cost wise, um, we had some things where it was just, we were spending way too much, um, at the beginning and not really getting the value out of getting the value back or, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that we weren't getting revenue back. It's that there, there, there were things that I was making suggestions and asking to be done that weren't, getting necessarily done like it, it was getting shown up and and you know kind of how we started out the first month or two um was it was okay for the first month or two but i expected a lot more um Im- improvements and growth and so part of that was uh like I, I i've learned okay i need to be better in communication and we're taking some stuff in-house rather than a third-party production company which right, is helping right and um uh that's helping keep costs down because i i didn't necessarily mind the cost going up as long as there was paying that price as long as the quality and, and we were getting more and more and more each time and more creativity right, added right but as at the point where it became look you guys could hire a student to to show up and do this part a student to show up and do this part you know yeah. i don't i don't want high dollar babysitters here on on any of these things that you can hire somebody else to do and should have uh-huh. and that way you're high level producing uh energy should be in the higher level stuff as opposed to y'all are kind of spinning the wheels. And I, I don't want to move on with that. They're good guys, right. you know, they, and their, their niche and what, what they're there for. Like if they're, they're doing one-off type of things was good for a longer term right. product it, it, process. It, it wasn't really serving our needs. And so it just um, wasn't the right. 
Yeah. yeah uh, now we, we, we outgrew them, I guess, which, which is a good thing, or they wanted to grow in a different direction, which is okay. Um, which is fine. Yeah. What about your focus? What is your focus with the podcast uh, and how it affects your business for the next year? Well, and so for the next year, it is definitely helping uh, the business and it's helping, it's helps makes connections. The the podcast kind of feeds off itself, the better and the more guests we have, you know, it's easier to get a guest when I can go, well, we had judge Audrey Moorhead we had Brian Cuban. We had uh, Chris Salcedo. uh, We we had, you know, and and just list the guests. We got Olympic gold medalists. We got, uh, you know, we got Todd Bender. So now we you know, once I you was get excited some, when I heard that. Exactly. Yeah. And so we've got some, so I'm going to, I'm going to get athletes. Um, we're going to get, um, uh, high level entrepreneurs. Basically the podcast is stuff that I'm interested in and people that I'm interested in. And my interests right. are the practice of law, the area of family law and estate plan, basically family, healthy families, mm-hmm. the, the actual business of the law, because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur that happens to be in the legal field. I'm, and right. I'm anything that I'm good at, I'm going to be great at. Uh, in, in music, the last time that I had somebody come up and go, oh, I saw you at this or you're this, like as a famous person outside of, you know, I, I get that in law a lot or people are out or like, hey, are you, but it's, are, are you Dana Palmer? But it's kind of like localized. When I was in high school, our, our band won everything. There, we won Honor Band of Texas. And we won the, the South, like we were basically like nationwide number one band, statewide number one band, and, and like the best, I think, in the history of our high school. And I was the lead trumpet player and, you know, played these solos and stuff. And we had played a concert or we're going to, I think it was even before the concert. And I was like, I got to see the Chicago Symphony. It's my favorite. And the greatest trumpet player in the history of playing trumpet orchestrally is, is a guy named Bud Herseth. And he was playing yeah. at the time, no matter what I had to go. But I, I was there and I came back from there and I was walking back to our hotel and somebody stopped me. and was like, are you Dana Palmer? Are you like the trumpet soloist from Berkner High School? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm famous. In that. <laughs> and they go, can I have famous. your autograph? I was like, okay. You know, that and, is amazing. And, and, and I had to think like I wanted to go into music or wanted to go into movie production, but I, I, I didn't think you could make money in music because my mom was, was was a musician and, and wanted to be okay. a professional musician, but she only ever got to teach music. And I didn't want to be a band director or teach music. And she didn't really make any money. And my dad did. So I was like, all right, I know what I'll do. I'll go into the music business. So okay. I went and I, and for the first two years, I went into chemical engineering because I didn't think I was like, oh, well, what's the start is high. What's the average, the highest average starting salary from UT Austin, where I wanted to go chemical engineering. Okay, let's do that. And then I realized oh, the last place on earth I want to work is a chemical plant. And I, you know, I did on my fourth semester, it was intro to chemical engineering and you visit a chemical plant. And I was like, no, what am I doing? No, and I started getting depressed no. I, wanted to, I wasn't following anything that I was passionate about. And I do right. agree, believe in Mike Rose theory of, hey, follow opportunity and bring your passion with you. I was like, oh, if I would have known that back then, because I was like disappointed with different opportunities, but if I would have gone in head first with what every opportunity that I had, I would have grown and been faster. And that would have been the missing mindset piece that I was missing. Right. Of mindset. I got depressed because of that, like for two years. And then I was like, all right, I got the key. Now I'll go into business and then go into the music business. And then I'll there go to go. law school because who's making the decisions in the music business, probably the lawyers. And if you're going to get a record contract, who's a better bet? 
somebody who's demonstrated they can go through law school or like some guy who's over here addicted to drugs and like, yeah, they maybe yeah. have some good music. I've got both and I'm the better bet. But then I went right. and I was just tired out of law school and didn't know what I wanted to do. And it's kind of like lost. Again, it was a mindset problem. And um, so it all starts up here. Hey, like the mindset. I, I, I'm a absolutely. firm believer that as well. The like anything comes first. Absolutely. Yeah. The decision comes first and then reality starts to reflect the decision over time. And that's one of yes. the things that I tell my clients in the initial consultation is once you've made the decision, okay, we're not going to live together as husband and wife and, and spouses anymore. I'm still going to be mom or I'm still going to be dad and you're still going to be mom or you're still going to be dad and we have to be good co-parents. So yeah, the decision's made great. We want to have as healthy a relationship as possible. So all, all the fighting and, and, and conflict can go aside. This is a new fresh start. It's like a, a, right. a, a, a you're, you, you get the opportunity to, to have a fresh start. And that's, in my opinion, what family lawyers should be working on and helping with, not how do I get your kids away from that evil, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, I know. But usually what I'm doing is I offer a good, healthy solution and I get back insane nuts Christmas list of, yeah, I want this. And yeah. Oh, do you want him to have like, you know, to be better in bed too? You know, like, you know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, what, the list goes which, on, right? Like which testicle do you want? You know? Uh, oh, you want them both, <laughs> you know, all of it. Um, you know, you, you want him murdered or you, you want her, you know, like crucified, like how, what is this? You know, they're yeah. still the other parent of your kids and you need them to be the best parent that they can be. So let's focus on what a healthy solution is. And when you focus on a healthy solution, you get healthy solutions. You focus yeah. on the goal that you get. You get the goal that you're focused on. If you're driving a race car, you look at the wall, you're going to hit the wall. You're skiing. You look at the trees, you're going to hit the trees. And this is something that Lanny teaches. It's about mindset. If you tell somebody don't hit the trees, they're going to look at the trees. They're going to hit a tree. It's actually how Sonny Bono. That's exactly what I tell people. I'm like, if you're focused on crashing into that pole, you're going to do it. That's right. That's what's going to happen. (laughs) What you do is you focus on the space in between the trees and that's where you go. In in driving a race car, NASCAR especially, because they're a lot slippier than than an Indy car. uh, You point and you steer and you look in the direction that you want to go. And that's the direction you're going to go. Same thing with your business. Same thing with your podcast. Focus on the direction you want to go. If you're sitting there fretting or, or disappointed, you've got to have the mindset of I either win or I learn. There's no losing about it. There's not a bad podcast because you learn. You cannot succeed. Michael Jordan missed more shots than almost everybody in the, in the NBA, but he also took more shots and made more shots. He's the greatest in the world, but you know what he also holds records for? The most amount of failures. And in business, I fail a lot. I fail yeah. a lot. I have, I have w- one program that I've taken that I spent $25,000 for, and I'm two months behind. I've, did one, I've done one day, and I can't catch up because I can't get into my routine. And I am working to make that happen. And I, that makes me work even harder to make that in the, right. my routine. Like, I'm trying but to do that program. fail forward. Correct. Fail forward, you know? Right. And, uh, and, and I, I don't, right? I personally, I don't even like the word fail. It, it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Lenny Basham, he says, there's three things that you evaluate. Every shot needs work good or great, which is, I can't do it any better than that. That was as best right. as I could. Right. That's it. There is no, I missed. 
Because you in in skeet, you shoot a round of 100. There actually, there's four rounds of 25. Is is a cycle through the field, and you miss one. You get you walk off the field. What's everybody talking about? You're talking about the one that you missed. You're not talking about the 24 you did great, right? right? And so, if you're talking about your failures or you're talking about any of that or what you did wrong, you don't even talk about what it is that you did wrong. You talk about what it is that you need to do in order to what, fix what, what happened. Have you learned? And most of the I time, it. it's, that, it's that you didn't go through the process correctly. It's that it's that something distracted you or, or whatever. It, and, and a lot of times it's the same exact go through the normal process in ski. Every time it's always exactly the same. You just move your body position around the field. You're shooting the targets that are coming exactly the same. There's this ring in the middle that both targets have to fly through one from the left on one from the right. And, and there's a little, they have a building cause they come from the exact same uh, vertical play or horizontal place, but they have to put one above the other. So one is higher than the other because that's how the machines work. So the right. high one comes from the left and the low one comes from the right. And they come through the, through the center ring, which is like, it's like a hula hoop. That's like, I think it's 21 feet or 20, 20 feet or something above the center. And they have to go okay. through that same spot. They always take the same flight path. It's just you move and you shoot them from different angles. Like it's like a half, it's like a half moon, right? And you move right. around. So like, like think of a clock that goes from nine o'clock to three o'clock. And so you shoot station one is at nine o'clock. Then like station two is at eight o'clock. Station three is at seven o'clock. Station four is at six o'clock. And then you go all around seven, station seven is at three o'clock. And then on you know, where the hands of the, of the clock, you know, where the, where the hand comes out, like the center pin of the clock. The That's the center. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then you turn around and you shoot one from the high and, and, and you and it's a really short distance and you got to shoot it really quick and, and you shoot one from the low. Um, and so, uh, and then if you've made, there's a, in every box of skeet, there's 25 shots. Well, that only counts as 24 shots. So if you've made all 24 so far, then you take the low one at station eight again, and you get to shoot that twice. If you do that, you've done a perfect box. Well, a uh, skeet tournament is like a hundred shots, a hundred rounds, or actually on 12 gauge, it's 75, two days in a row. So if you go through and you shoot and you miss one, what does everybody go talk about? The whole, the whole focus is that one that you missed. And so then your, your self-image is decreased and right. that messes with you. And then you think that you can't do it. Well, in the technique that Lanny and Todd has shown me, that decreases my self-image none because I go, oh, do it like this. And, I, and, and then one of the part is you release that shot. I never talk about what I did wrong after I get there. I only talk about things I need to do right in order to improve it. That's what I focus on. And that's why my right. improvement has been tremendous. Before I competed in a world championship, I had only ever shot two rounds. That's 50 shots, two rounds, 25 per that's round. Crazy. But at the competition, I shot one of my rounds. I shot a perfect round. And it was because I just did what they told me and follow that. And so with the podcast, you take that mindset into it. And this is this, this podcast that I'm doing for you. Like this could be an absolute episode of my podcast. Um, absolutely. I and I make sure I share it with you as well. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And as, and we'll probably put it with like, you know, our pictures and do some kind of closed caption thing and actually put it on our, our, our channel. And, um, but one of the things I've, I've learned is um, I flow much better on my podcast with guests. We really haven't done one with me 
um, you know, like talking to the camera. Do you know who Patrick Bet David is? Have you, have you watched his podcast? Like, from I Value haven't Point? watched it yet. No, I haven't, but I've heard of it. I haven't watched it myself yet. It is excellent. I love his stuff. I love his stuff that he does on his own. And I'm kind of wanting to go, okay, I, I, if I, if I like mentally envision Patrick uh, and, and I go, okay, I'm going to do one like Patrick does. I'm going to try have, cause I like, I like his energy and I okay. usually have pretty, pretty high energy on things. You have um, great energy. I love it. Oh, well, thank you. Perfect thank you. for podcasts. Well, well, part of my personal why, if, if you, Simon Sinek does a thing and he t- says, t- start with why. And in one of my coaching uh, programs that I took, uh, my coach taught me how to find our whys. And d- my wife was there at the time too. And so my why is find a better way and then share it with others. And so your why is your greatest blessing, but it also can be your greatest curse. It's the thing that you're usually beat up for when you're a kid, you know, picked on. And because mine yeah. was like, I'm trying to, I, I always seem like the know-it-all. And it's because I found a better way and then I'm compelled to share it with others. I can't help it. Well, right, right. a funny story is my wife was, was also there and her why is to, is to do th- things the right way. And when we got married, I, in finding a better way, she was a project manager for a company called Smart Circle International. And she, okay. um, she was, and, and I'm going, hey, you know what? I need to hire a paralegal. And you know what a paralegal is? They're like a project manager for a case. Every case is, is like a little project. So you should come to work for me because then we can spend time together and I get to hire somebody and pay them about the same that you're making. So you should come. And I like kind of pressured her into it. And she really liked that job. And she did not like working for me because here was the problem right. we would have. She would do something and I would see and I'd make like a suggestion. And then she would explain why she's doing it the right way. And I, and I, so her, her and my subconscious would hear, huh, um, she's not understanding uh, what I'm saying. Let me try and explain it again. And so I would try and explain right. my better way. Her subconscious was here. Huh? He's not really listening to me. Let me explain to him again, why I'm doing it the right way. Cause I do things the right way. And she would explain it back again. And I would go, okay, she's not understanding me. Let me try again. <laughs> and then her subconscious would hear this jerk is not listening to me. What is wrong? You know? And she would start getting pissed. Right. And then I, my subconscious would hear, huh? She's, I'm just making a suggestion of a better way. She's rejecting it. Maybe she's too stupid to be my wife. I think I married somebody that like, what is wrong? And so, so right, then finally, right. it's tearing our marriage apart. And finally we go find our wives. And I, and she goes, Oh, I always thought you were telling me I was doing something wrong. And I go, Summer, I can't think of a single occasion where I've ever thought you were ever doing anything wrong. And she right. goes, yeah, you are making a suggestion of like a slightly better way to do it. And I was like, yeah. She goes, Oh, okay. I was like, Oh, Okay. And our marriage has been great for like ever since, since so, you found the why. Right. And I think we've been married third. Yeah. We've been married 13 years. So on our anniversary this year, on our 13th anniversary, we celebrated 12 happy years. Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> oh, well, Dana, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm so happy that you shared everything that you, you did with us today. All your valuable insight, you know, we covered the mindset, you know, how you can, um, add value and, and serve, serve people and just at a great high level with starting with the mind. So very valuable insights that you shared with everyone listening today. And, you know, before we jump off, I do want to make sure, you know, if anyone is looking for um, a lawyer to go over a soft divorce or someone to speak to about that, what would be the best way of connecting with you? So our law firm's phone number is 214-789-4735. 
or they can go to softdivorce.com, harddivorce.com, healthydivorce.com, um, christiandivorce.com, divorceajew.com. I just, I just Perfect. have that last, I just have that last one just to tell that joke. I spent eight, $8 a year to tell that joke. My, my, a good friend of mine, my doctor is Jewish and he thinks it's funny. So I, I leave it on there. I don't mean to be offensive with any of that, but it's all about healthy, healthydivorce.com. And if you, we, we have, I think we have a page we're in development for healthymarriage.com. And if you wanted to support okay. that with a donation um, for that project, because um, I'm funding that myself, but with all these different projects, it's just kind of down the road. But if somebody donated specifically to that and we got enough to where I can hire a team and, and give them some directions, then we're really going to be working to, to develop healthymarriage.com because that's really my legacy. That's one of the reasons right. why we've done the podcast is because a lot of the content from the podcast, we're going to put up at healthymarriage.com in order for people to, uh, or like we're going to curate the parts out where I start talking about really what a healthy marriage is. And we're going to put that stuff up there. And then we're going to have it as a network of, of um, like counselors and resources that you can take and make your marriage great because I, I can't have gone into, I, I can't have been called into this area of law um, cause I think it's, for me, it's missionary work. Cause I, I really neither summer nor I wanted me to be a divorce lawyer. And I said, well, summer, if people like me don't go into this area of law, then when good people are facing the situation, who are they left to go to? And so I, I look at this as right. mission work and my real mission is, you know, I can't be around to do this forever. So the brands and the philosophy are what I'm trying to do. The whole reason why this podcast is out there is to share the philosophy of end the fighting, don't increase it, declare peace, and then negotiate the terms of the peace, negotiate a good, healthy deal. Like don't, you know, I don't let my clients get taken advantage of or, or take it. Right. You know, like we're, we're focused on healthy. Uh, and, um, but the real thing is to, to help marriages be good and solid and the things right. just like finding your why that helped my marriage those are the type of things for me to share and that's really what i you know what i what i want to do because if you help enough people get what they want you'll never want for anything in your life and and for me the most selfish thing that i could do would just be oh i make great money on my own just do the law practice and then take the time off and have a great life no it has to be more and bigger than that that's what the podcast right. is about God has blessed all of us with these resources and ability to, to do this with this Share it with the world. amazing, magical technique. And he's given us all blessings and all of us are unique. And so I've got to leave this here and inspire others to continue the work that's done because divorce can be such an evil. I got to end that. It's my mission in yeah. life is to the way that people approach the divorce process. And it's my mission in life to help people have the healthiest marriages that they possibly can so that we can make this world a better place. So thank you so Thanks. much, Britt. Really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, Dana. This has been absolutely such a pleasure to have you on. You know, and everybody listening, if you are going through a difficult process with your divorce uh, and you want to speak with someone to get out of this uh, in the most healthy way possible, please connect with Dana. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. And um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Dana, thank you so much again for jumping on. Absolutely amazing Thanks, to have Chris. you today. Thank you for and having I me. And I will, I really want to get you back on, you know, in the next year or so after your okay. podcast has, you know, because you just started. I want to hear about the journey. I want to, I want to see, tune Absolutely. in and see what's going on. And I'm following it. So can't wait awesome. to see what happens I next. I think we'll have good it. news. I think we'll have good Absolutely. news. And I look forward to hearing a lot Absolutely. more from you. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you. Thank you. 
Dana Palmer for coming on today. And if you like the episode, please like and subscribe. And if you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like Mr. Palmer did today for an interview, please go to podcastrebels.com and fill out the application form. We'd love to have you on as well. And Thanks so much, Dana. Dana. Lawyer Dana at YouTube. Lawyer Dana at YouTube, everybody. Lawyer Dana Podcast. All right, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.